All right, here we go. All right, welcome to the Journey Podcast, a basketball trainer's uh, podcast uh, pr- produced by Lionheart Basketball. I'm Rohan Johnson. I'm here with my co-host, Damon, and we have special guest, Justin Cooper from LMC Athletics here. How's it going, man? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Growing no great. Problem. So uh, I guess we'll get, go right into the questions. I mean, uh, where where'd you grow up? Where were you born? Um, I was born in Sharon, Connecticut. I grew up in uh, Pine Plains, New York. Really, really small town. Um, mm. I'm about a half hour, 40 minutes away from Poughkeepsie, Kingston area. Um, so yeah, really small town out here in Dutchess County. Nice. What, um, how was it like growing up in a small town? I mean, it was cool. I mean, you kind of know what you know, and you don't know what you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're kind of, you're just in a, you're in one of those areas where there's not a ton going on, but then when you kind of get out and see other things, there's a lot more going on, a lot more to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was cool. I enjoyed every moment of it. Nice. Uh, what, what, uh, so what drew you to basketball? Like what made you choose basketball? Um, that's a great question. Um, just playing uh, throughout the summers and stuff. I started when I was younger. They have a, a small town like rec league here. They call it Pee Wee basketball that I started when I was in first grade. Okay. Um, and I had a really good group of friends that kind of started playing that and mm-hmm. uh, we just continued to play and we realized we were okay at this basketball thing. And we mm-hmm. just kind of continued on going. Um, I also played a lot of baseball growing up. Baseball mm-hmm. is a big sport over here. Um, but then baseball got a little too boring for me because you're kind yeah. of just standing around a little bit. Um, yes. And I like the competitive action um, and just getting up and down the court. So then we kind of stuck to basketball. Nice. Especially in like the younger leagues, no one's really hitting it out in the outfield. <laughs> right. And you're just standing there. And I played all over the place. I played short. I pitched a little bit, some second base, a little bit of outfield. When I was in the outfield, it seemed like I was just digging holes in the dirt, man. It was just, it was boring. So then, <laughs> you know, I kind of moved to a sport where I could do some things. Yeah. Right. All right, Damon, you got the next question. Uh, saying that you played uh, basketball at, I said, well, with your friends at such a young age, like what? Did you guys continue to play together going forward? Yeah. So in a small town, you kind of, you, you have the kids that you have, you know, right. they're just, they kind of, you don't have a ton of, you know, our class sizes aren't very big. So I was fortunate enough, I had a group that had a ton of different athletes and we'd play a whole bunch of different sports growing up, wiffle ball, flag football, touch football, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, we played a lot of basketball. There's a rec park right here in the town. And um, yeah, we, we played a lot of hoops. Nice. Um, what, my next question was how how difficult was it to get like exposure coming from a small small town? Um, it's interesting because I played on a really good AAU team starting in about sixth grade. It was called Rat Memorial Squad. It was a local AAU team out in Red Hook, um, and we had some pretty good players. And obviously, like in sixth grade, there wasn't any like exposure or recruiting. But as our team started to get better, we were able to play in some bigger tournaments. We were able to go to Florida for nationals and kind of right. you know, play in gym rat, play in other tournaments. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think the small town played too big of a part in it. I think it's all about like the team you're playing with and mm-hmm. where that team goes. Nice. Right. Um, Cause if you obviously just stay in the small town, you play in your local smaller tournaments, you're not really going to be able to get exposure as much, but um, you know, we were able to branch off and play in some bigger tournaments. And I played with some bigger AAU clubs um, that allowed me to get some exposure as a player. So how, how important is it finding the right AAU team? Oh, it's everything being able to find the right AU team that aligns with your fit and your goals is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think some people see the teams that get all the Nike gear or Adidas gear and they're like, Oh, I got to go play for them. But yeah. 
they don't realize they might be a division three player and the two guards that are in front of them are division one players that they're probably not going to see time over. So you got to just find your fit. Yeah. Um, you know, go to places that you're really wanted and nice. just yeah. go out there and play basketball where you're going to have the opportunity to play because that should be the goal of AAU is, is playing as many games as you can. Yeah. I think, it, I think it's really important. You said something, uh, go where you're really wanted. I feel like a lot of people go just, they kind of follow the crowd because like you right. said, there's a big like sponsorship behind it, like Nike or Adidas, but they're riding the bench. I always say for AAU, like you, that's kind of the time where you want to be selfish. You want to get as many, much minutes as you, you can, you're paying for it. You right. Try to go out there and get as much exposure as you can. It doesn't matter what level. Yeah, absolutely. There. Absolutely. And that's the big thing. Like if you're paying money for something and like, I even view this as like a coach or a trainer, like if you're paying money for something, like you should be playing the whole time, most of the time, it shouldn't be that you're just sitting there watching or riding the bench or only getting one practice a week or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I think that's definitely the big thing is like people need to go where they're wanted, where they fit in and where they're going to be able to play. Because at the end, that's the goal. Where can you play? Yep. Yep. Go ahead, Damon. Um, I mean, I agree with that. I believe you should always go where you want it. It's much easier to fall in the well, it's much easier for things to fall into place that way rather than chasing, chasing, you know what I mean? But um, how was your high school career? Like, how would you say high school went for you? High school was great. Uh, we had a really, really good team. I played varsity as a freshman um, all the way up until my senior year. Mm -hmm. uh, we won three sectional titles. We went to the regionals three years. We went to the state final four my senior year and lost in the state final. Um, but we had a really good team. I mean, we were a class C school. We were probably the, the biggest class C school there was, one of the bigger, like, taller teams in the state. You know, I'm 6'4", and I was our starting point guard. And we had, you know, obviously Tyler Lydon, who played at Syracuse, who played in the league a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but we had some other guys that were really, really tall, and, and we had size, and we were good. You know, we even beat, like, some of the bigger schools that are around in this area, and then we even branched out and played some other schools outside the area. Mm. Uh, but it was great. I couldn't I, – I had the best high school experience I think I could have had. Who did, how did you, you – go ahead. My bad. I how did you how did you go about uh, picking high schools? Like, because over here is a little different. Well, in New York City is a little different. Right. But uh, over there, I wonder, like, how like how does that go? Can you like go to another high school if you want to? Or so basically, so basically, like where I'm at, it's just a small town. So you just go to the public school that's in the town. And yeah, um, I just had that nice. It was I had some hoop. We were good, man. We were really good. We we were that's, good. Um, and the thing is, I didn't really know anything about prep school until I ended up doing a postgrad year at Trinity Pauling School um, okay. after my public school career. But like, I didn't know anything about prep school. Our high school team was good enough that it wasn't like I was trying to look and find another destination to try right. to, to get looks or anything. Like I was at a class C school with a guy that ended up playing high major at Syracuse. There's not many class C schools that have high major guys where there's coaches coming in the gym all the time for our open mm. gyms and practice. So I was getting enough exposure looks whatever it may be that and I loved the, the people I was playing with that I wasn't right. trying to go you know go to the next Catholic school or go to the prep school or go to whatever um, to try to get that exposure and looks that's a good question though because it is different because I know like now that I've gotten into training and working with some players like there's players that you know bounce high school to high school and right. go different places exactly what uh who'd you model your model your game after like growing up that's funny um so I didn't really model my game after, but I loved everything about Kobe Bryant. Nice and I game. loved everything about LeBron James where like, they're just, yes, they're gifted. 
but they're the first guy in the gym. They're the last guy to leave. They worked their tail off. They held their teammates accountable um, and all those things. But I, I've kind of played a little like Russell Westbrook. I would get rebounds. I'd push the break. Mm. Um, I would get other guys involved. I was competitive. Like I still view myself as one of the most competitive guys that I know. Mm. Um, but I Westbrook, like in high school was like my guy. Cause that was that time when the thunder were really good too. Mm. Like 2000, 2011, 12, 13, when, they went to the finals with Durant and Harden. So, like, I, I really try to pattern my game after Westbrook. I like, he's, I, I, he's crazy. But I like nuts. He's nuts. He's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said that you didn't, like, really model your game after LeBron and Kobe, but, like, you took, like, their uh, – the work right. ethic that they had and being yeah. in the gym first and being last. Like, I feel like a lot of players miss that point. Like, they want the skill, but they don't – they're not willing to do the work that it takes to get the skill. Absolutely. I think, I think that's a big thing too. Like I'm not six, six, like Kobe, or I'm not six, nine, like LeBron, but like the intangible things of like yeah. showing up early and being the last guy to leave and putting the extra work in, I can do no matter what my size or ability is. So like, yep. those were some of the things as a player that I would always try to focus on. Mm-hmm. Cause I knew, you know, I wasn't always the best player walking in the gym, but I knew I was always going to be the most competitive. And like mm-hmm. that ended up helping me out going forward throughout my basketball career. Mm-hmm. Nice. You, you ended up being a thousand point scorer uh, in high school. Was yep. that, you said you modeled your game after Russ. Was that something like that? Was that a goal of yours that you had set? Um, honestly, I didn't really even have it as a goal. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't out there like trying to take a million shots. I had a lot of easy opportunities. Um, I got to the free throw line a ton cause I was attacking a lot in transition. Um, but I would always just play the game to win. And like, mm-hmm. you know, players that have played with me, coach that have coached for me, like, I've had a fair amount of accolades for the levels I've played at, but like if we weren't winning basketball games, it doesn't really matter to me. So um, it wasn't like necessarily something on my goal. Like when I hit a thousand points, it was really cool. It was an accomplishment, but um, the end goal for me in high school was try to win a state championship. And we didn't, but um, we went as far as we could. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's pretty impressive to score a thousand, especially, especially with someone like Tyler Lydon on your team. I mean, that shows that he was a good teammate mainly because he ended up going to Syracuse. He was obviously a high major guy, but he was willing to like kind of yeah. let you do what you needed to do in order for you guys collectively to win. Yeah. And it was interesting too, like our high school team was so weird. Like we would, we would average, you know, like 85 or so points a game probably. And we all had like crazy stat lines. Like mm-hmm. some nights, like he would have like nine points, but he'd have 22 rebounds and like mm-hmm. 12 blocks, you know, yeah. or like, I wouldn't score as much, but I'd have a ton of rebounds and assists. So it was, and like Tyler's brother, Zach, like he would play well, he would have a few points, but then he'd have a ton of rebounds. So it was like a really good balance and mix. And, and I think the key was that we all got along off of the court. So when we stepped on the court, it was all business and we could compete and we could kind of get after each other. But then we knew like when we stepped off the court, like we're all, we're all really good friends. Was it, was it easier to hold you like each other accountable because of the fact that you guys were all friends? Oh, absolutely. Because I think, and I see it right now, like being a trainer and coach that, um, you know, maybe I'm a little biased because I'm ultra competitive, but like, I feel like some people don't want to compete as much anymore because Mm. they're worried about getting in an argument or with their friend, or they might think that their friend might take it the wrong way. Where like, I view it as I'm going to compete as much as I can with you because I want the best out of you. And if I can get the best out of you, it's going to make us all better. And then we're Mm. probably going to be better friends off of the court because I'm I'm trying to make you the best basketball player you can be. Um, and that's kind of how we viewed it. Like we had one-on-ones where like, we're just throwing the ball at each other. We're mad. We're screaming. We're talking <laughs> crap a little bit, yeah. but like, 
we stepped off of the court and we, you know, we'd go get pizza and play Xbox, you know? Mm. So it's, we had a really good relationship with that and, you know, it, it made us the players that we were. Mm. As opposed to it, the way it's supposed to be. Exactly. Absolutely. You got something, Damon? Yeah, yeah. Going into college. Okay, so you're finishing up high school, going into college. Well, not directly going to college. I'll say the summer before going into college. What was your, like, what was your preparation to go to the next level? And, like, what was, well, before preparing, what decisions did you have to make? Like, what schools were you having and who was coming to see you? Things like that. So Right. So that's kind of a loaded question for me because I had a, a kind of unique, like little path to get to the school I went to. So I did a PG year at Trinity Pauling after my um, public school career ended. I right. got there. I was hearing from some scholarship schools and they were either like walk-ons or I was going to be like a last scholarship guy. Um, all the division th three schools that were recruiting me were all like really good schools. St. John Fisher, Oswego was at the top of my list. Cortland was at the top of my list. Um, a few others. And I went to Trinity Pauling and I broke my foot. It was like the second practice of the year. And, you know, you do a PG year because, you know, as a player, I'm trying to get a scholarship. That's like kind right. of the goal. Um, and I broke my foot and all of my scholarship schools that were maybe going to give me a scholarship now became walk-on or preferred walk-ons. And all my division three schools were like, Hey, we're still recruiting you as the same player you were like injuries, yeah. whatever. Um, and that kind of made me realize like, Hey, like if I go somewhere and be a walk-on or preferred walk-on, like I might not have the chance to get on the floor mm -hmm. and be the competitor I want to be. So I like, I was like, you know, I'm going to find my fit. And right. I actually ended up going to Oswego, uh, SUNY Oswego for my first semester. And I got to Oswego, it was like the third or fourth practice and I rebroke my foot and I ended up having mm -hmm. to get foot surgery. So I had to come home to get my foot surgery. And that was like kind of a, a, a unique time, like mentally and physically, because I hadn't really played mm -hmm. basketball that whole season. And I ended up being back home. And I, that's when I decided I was going to transfer to Cortland. I had some friends that were at Cortland that were really enjoying it. Some guys in the basketball team I played AAU with. Um, and then I made the decision to go to Cortland. And it wasn't as much basketball stuff, me getting to my freshman year, as it was um, like mentally preparing to also like trust my body that I was healthy again mm -hmm. and like just getting ready for the grind that like the college game was going to be. Um, but yeah, my path wasn't as traditional as some is where they, you know, graduate high school and go straight to college. Um, it kind of presented its own challenges. How, how was that like mentally preparing yourself to trust yourself again after breaking your foot, I guess twice. It was interesting. Um, Cause the, the thing with the foot surgery was like, I have two screws in my foot now from it and they had to do a bone graft. So it was a pretty like invasive operation um, where like, even still to this day, like when I play, I always, it was my left foot. I always land on my right leg before my left leg. Like it mm -hmm. was just like a mental thing that I kind of couldn't block, but eventually I was just able to kind of, you know, trust it and be like, all right, you're healthy. Like you're fine. I'd roll that ankle like once or twice and then realize mm -hmm. like, I'm all right. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's unique, man. It, it really is because that's like, you know, being a basketball player, you need your feet almost more than anything. So yeah. um, it was interesting. How was your, how's your time at Colin? I mean, Colin at Cortland. How it was, was awesome. I, I, I'm very happy with the decision I made to, to go to Cortland, you know, on and off the floor. It's a really, really good school. Um, and like I said, I found my fit, like it ended up being a, a great fit for me, both on the court and off the court. Mm. Um, you know, I made lifelong friends. I'm great friends still with the coaching staff. I speak with them almost daily. Um, and it really opened up some doors for me, like going forward now getting into my professional path. What, um, 
you ended up you just got a what was it all-time player there all decade so i got uh, yeah it was the conference came out with um basically like the top 15 players of the decade pretty much so i was nominated on that nice nice yeah um so what was your major there at Cortland? like yeah it was sport management um i bounced between going like phys ed and sport management um i knew i wanted to get into either coaching or skills training or something along the line so i figured sport management would be the best just because so i can kind of understand understand the business side of things because i thought i already had like the basketball stuff kind of covered um and i didn't necessarily want to go into teaching yeah um so i decided on sport management and it was great so you you went to Cortland with the idea of coaching or training in the back of your mind okay yeah yeah for sure i knew i knew basketball was going to be some part of my post-playing career okay got anything dim uh let's say well at the school so at school well any any highlights from your college career that you like to share well not that you like to share i like i like knowing these things (laughs) because basketball too so i want to know like i know what it feels like when you're having a good one i know what it feels like when you're having a bad one yeah for sure um i had some great games i i think the thing i pride myself most on in college was i was a really good rebounder like when i was a freshman i found my way onto the court and i battled some injuries too my freshman year um i had to get my appendix taken out things like that but when i had opportunities to get on the floor you know i'm a freshman coming in they're not just going to give me the ball to score right Right. Well, I was like, I'm going to rebound because we kind of struggled rebounding a little bit. And I averaged seven rebounds a game as a freshman. Um, and then I kind of, you know, I, I hung my hat on doing that. Like I was like going forward now as I become a sophomore and a junior and a senior, like I'll probably get more touches. I'm going to score the ball more, but I'm going to still be a really, really good rebounder. And then my senior year, I was like second in the conference and rebounding, playing the point. Um, but those were just things that, you know, it's not necessarily a game or a moment, but it was something that I, I pride my, I pride myself on as a player. Like, you know, if you need to find an opportunity to play, it's not just the scoring that's going to do it. Like you can yeah. defend, you can rebound, you can pass, yeah. you can do whatever. But, um, and that allowed me to then have some games that, you know, where my numbers looked a lot better than they were. Cause I was, you know, maybe 17 points and 13 rebounds or something or, yeah. or things like that. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say that. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's important again, that you like, found you figured out what your strength was you knew that in order to see the floor it wasn't going to be scoring right away and you guys were struggling rebounding so you just started yeah. rebounding you know what I mean and you, and you continued to do it even when you got more touches you didn't go away from it right it's like really similar to what like Draymond does everyone like just says he's not like an all-star player or whatever but he knows what he can and can't do and he, exactly what he can do he does it really well like th- to the point where no one else can really do it Yeah. And that's the thing, like, too, even like just using Draymond as the example, like if you put Draymond on another team that doesn't have scores, like he's probably going to average another 10 points a game because he's going to get more touches. But Mm -hmm. he knows what his role is on that team. And he just he's a star in that role. And I think that's a a lesson for a lot of players um, at any level is like, hey, like figure out what your role is, figure out where you can get on the floor and play Mm -hmm. and just be the best at it. Yeah. Anything, Damon? Uh, no, you got the uh, next. Oh, I got the next. Um, how was uh, what was how was the transition from college to like coaching and training? It was great. Um, it was great. I knew I needed to find a way to stay involved with basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And it was just one of those things that it seemed like an easy transition. Um, I had some GA opportunities that I was considering, but I didn't necessarily want to go down the route of college coaching mm-hmm. just because of all that's involved with it. Yeah. And there's a ton more that goes into it besides just the basketball. Um, and I really have a passion for seeing just, you know, any athlete, any age, just improving and starting mm-hmm. to take, you know, some things we worked on one day and now they're starting to stack it and really improve. Um, so like training fits like perfectly hand in hand with that. What, when did you, when did you guys start LMC? Was it like, as soon as you left? College? So we started actually while we were still in school because, okay. um, Tyler, when he was drafted to the nuggets, he wanted to run a, like, kind of like a give back camp back home. Okay. Um, so when that happened, we kind of sat down and we were like, yo, like what's a way we can not only run the camp, but like do something going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously I was a junior that year. And so I was getting close to the end of my college career. So I was kind of like, Hey, I need to start planning what the next, you know, two, three, four, five years are going to look like. Um, so we kind of did that. We started with the camp, you know, I was doing a little bit of training, just a couple players here and there, like at a park, at a gym, we had access to, um, and then it kind of grew into, you know, what it's grown into now. Nice. You got the next one. Yeah. Um, Biggest, biggest struggle when you first started. Biggest struggle when I first started. I would say it's one gym space. Yeah. Space is impossible. If you don't have your own gym, it's impossible. It's it's very, very difficult Um, gym space. And then I think the second thing is, is getting your brand or how you're going to be a coach and how you're going to get that player to improve, selling that to people without them necessarily right away getting into the gym, you know, because like when I, started out like I was a really, I, you know, I was a pretty good basketball player, but there's a difference between being a pretty good basketball player and a pretty good coach because some people can play and transition to coaching. Some people can play, but they can't coach at all. Some people don't play at all, but they're the best coaches out there. So mm-hmm. I think trying to, you know, find the marketing pitch, you have to not, you can't really communicate with the kids. It's got to be with the parents. Um, so it, it, that presented its own little challenge, but um, and I think the only thing, the only way you figure it out is through experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Ro, you can testify to that. Like the only way you can to really do it and figure it out is like, you know, people can tell you how to do it and so on and so forth. But yeah, if you can't sit across from somebody and like, you know, sell your stuff and be confident in it, then, then that becomes difficult. I think it's uh unique to every person. I think that's important that you figure out what it is like the whole right. Draymond situation, you figure out what it is that you're good at and that's what you're selling on. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. How was, um, how was it working with, I know you worked with Dags this off season, helping uh, Elijah Hughes and Nate Knight get ready for yep. pre-draft. How was that? It was awesome, man. It was a great experience. Dags my guy, man. I, mm-hmm. I really like his, um, his approach, his process, the way he operates. Um, I try to model some of the things that I do after, you know, kind of the way he does not only with just the pro guys, but the youth guys as well mm. and, and girl players, but um, it was awesome. It's pretty cool being, you know, and, and you know, as well, like being in a gym with players that are trying to reach a goal that's, you know, that not everybody's able to reach, mm-hmm. um, you know, they make a ton of shots. They're really good. But I think what's also awesome about that is you see a little adversity and how they handle the adversity. Yeah. If they're not making shots, if you're trying mm-hmm. to add something to their game, you know, the players that are about to be professionals, they find ways to respond to those. Yeah. And I think the things that you learn out of that helps me as a trainer and coach try to pass it on to mm-hmm. maybe the high school player, or the middle school player that I'm working with. Yeah, that's what I always said. The biggest thing I took away from pre-draft stuff was the fact that 
um, obviously the skills and drills and stuff, but like that can help anyone get better. But the whole mental aspect of it, absolutely. Like, when players were when like these all stars were missing, they it like unfazed them. It was they were unfazed. Their face didn't change. They weren't emotional about it. But the younger guys kind of like took themselves yeah. out of the workouts. Absolutely. For that reason. So that was that was something big that we t- I took away from that. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely the big thing. It's like there's so many guys and like, you know, the players that have played for a long time and have made careers, like they know they're going to get another shot. Mm-hmm. So that one miss, two miss, three miss doesn't matter because they can go string four in a row, four in yeah. a row because they trust the work that they've put in. So that I think mentally is like the big thing that I took away as well. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what is something, how did, how did COVID affect your business? Well, wow, that's, it's interesting. I did a lot more zoom than I ever would have thought I would have done. Yeah. Um, you know, just, and then even just like, you know, program structure wise, you can't have the bigger camps, you can't have the bigger clinics, mm. you can't have the bigger training groups. Um, mm. You got to do a lot more sanitizing, a lot more paperwork, things like that. Yeah. Um, but I think it presented an opportunity where um, people find value in the, whether it's the one-on-one training or it's yeah. a smaller clinic group or things mm. like that. Um, but yeah, it definitely impacted obviously because you can't have your bigger, larger scale events where you can get more people in the gym. Yeah. Um, but I think we did a really, really good job of just being able to pivot and being a little more virtual and, and, you know, using our social media pages more and, and using the time to kind of grow those. Nice. Yeah. Uh, COVID definitely hindered my business also, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, we worked through it. So, yeah. So. And it was crazy. Like I was doing driveway workouts. I was driving around, Same. I was at yeah. parks, you know, and like, it's different. You know, I didn't think I was going to be driving that many miles or going that many different places when I started out. So, yeah. you know, it's just, and I'm sure you, you dealt with yeah. very similar things, but it was, um, it was a unique time for sure. It still is unique. Yeah. Uh, what, what is something in the training industry that you would like to see more of or less of? Um, I think there's, it's interesting because you have the people that are at the top where, mm. you know, everyone else tries to mimic or follow and things like that. Um, there are some, you know, personally, I think there's some really good trainers. I think there's some not so good trainers, but I think everyone has their, their market and their area, Mm. but some people that don't know, like maybe the background of their market and their area and what they're selling to the kid. Sometimes we bash it for the drills they do where Mm. like, you know, I might, that drill might work for that player and, you know, it's getting that player better, but I'm not in that gym. So I don't know what, you know, the whole thing is. Um, And then I think like, you know, obviously social media plays a part where you see trainers and coaches that have, you know, like really, really nice content. You may get into a gym with them and be like, it's not so great of a workout. Yeah. Um, But I just think more of trainers helping each other out compared to trying to be competitors and enemies per se. Yeah. um, Would take this a whole lot further because for me at the end, it's all about the players that are coming through the door. They've got to improve. Mm -hmm. So whether they come to me once a week, they go to you once a week, they go to, to person X once a week. Mm. It shouldn't matter as long as that player is improving. Yeah, that's what I always said. I I'm not worried about competing with like other trainers. Like if you're helping not at all. if you're not helping at all. someone get better and I'm helping someone get better, everyone's winning at the end of the day. You know what I exactly. mean? Like it doesn't matter. Like I always encourage players to go to other trainers anyway, because they might you might know something that I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. And vice versa. Like you you're we're just trying to help players in this area get better like that's the whole goal like it's it's bigger i think the trainers that understand that it's bigger than us like me and you it's more about the players like they're the one that's understand it and end up being successful there's a lot of other trainers around this area that 
thinks is about them and they fail every time. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think the one other thing I think about training is that from the player's perspective, they think that if they go to a trainer once or twice a week, that's enough Mm -hmm. where if you're really going to get better, those other five days, you need to be doing as much, if not more, on your mm-hmm. own time, whether that's right. going to see somebody else, whether that's going for a run, whether that's doing push-ups, whether that's getting shots up, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there needs to be more of a, you know, I wouldn't even say because it makes me sound like I'm old when I'm really not, but like go to the park and play, you yep. know, like get your friends together, go play and, and learn some things that way as well. Yep. Um, but I think you hit the nail on the head. Like it's, we're not competitors because we're trying to help similar or same players improve and Mm -hmm. that in the end is the goal it's about the player because that's who's coming through the door and that's who's working out yep got anything damon no no no. (laughs) all right what's your so we'll go two more questions what's your greatest basketball memory oh wow i would say going to the state final four as a senior okay yeah. Um, I think it was just a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go play in a big arena. There was a lot of people there. Um, you're with your childhood friends that you've played basketball with for up to that point, like pretty much your whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, and being from a small town where like we would sell out, sell out our high school gym. Yeah. All those people were now coming all the way up to Glens Falls to see us play. So I'd say the state final four, it was a really cool experience. Um, obviously we didn't win the game like we would have wanted to, but um the whole process of it was, it was really great. Yeah. There's no better feeling than winning. Like I, I'm upset. I didn't get to get out of the section, but right. Like I always say there's no, like I always tell players, once you, once you win, like feel that feeling of winning, like you're going to, it's going to oh, be the best. addicting. Yeah. It's the best. Absolutely. It's yeah. the best. Um, last question. So we'll do a, a draft here. We always end with a draft. We'll go today. We'll go top five athletes. You'll go first. Damon, you can go second. I'll go last. You get, well, yeah, going back around, I get two picks, and then going back when you get to okay, you, so you little, get little snake draft, yeah, a little snake draft, yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna go, we're gonna go top five athletes, top five athletes, any any sport, right? Any sport, any sport. All right, cool. I'm gonna go number one is uh Serena Williams. Oh um, my, I, I had her on my list. I'm going, I'm going number one. The, <laughs> what she's able to do, and I think it's overlooked a little bit because tennis isn't like, yeah, you know, as watched or, or whatever. Um, She's unbelievable. Yeah. Mm. She's unbelievable. Go ahead, Damon. You're up. All right. All right. Uh, By the way, gonna... Damon is 0 and like 3. All right. I'm going with Bo Jackson. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you got gonna some go. good picks right here, bro. Three, four is a good spot to be in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go Tom Brady and Floyd Mayweather. Okay, that's Floyd, good too. Floyd is, uh, if you go undefeated and whatever your thing is, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta yeah, be the top. You're on there. And sure. Tom's just, Tom's a winner to me. Like he's competitive and he's, he doesn't care who he offends on his way to the top. So I like Tom. Uh, this is coming back to me. I like Tom too. He's all right. So- <laughs> Tom Brady. I mean, I was gonna say Tom Brady. Terrell Owens. I'll take Terrell Owens. To is a good one. To is a good one. To is a good one. You got two, Justin. I got two, right? So I'm gonna go Usain Bolt. Nice. Got to. Got to. Um, and then I'm gonna go LeBron. I think what LeBron's able to do right now, okay. at his age, is right. unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Like, right. 
He's somebody who came into the league with the highest of expectations yeah. and he's matched those and exceeded yeah. those mm-hmm. where like, he hasn't had one year where you're like, man, he doesn't look so good or he's playing down. He's been yeah. killing it from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> that yeah. is true. We got, uh, back to me. Mm-hmm. Dang, bro. I got to think what, what, you, you know what it is while you guys are speaking. I'm just like, wow, mm-hmm. I should yeah, be thinking. There, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot. That's why there's so many. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm back. Um, damn. I had a good one too. Vince, I'm an athlete. Now nah, Dominique Wilkins. Dominique Wilkins is a good athlete. Okay, that's a good one. That's solid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Y'all keep complimenting me. I like. To- <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go. I get two. I'm gonna go. Uh, Allen Iverson, just because he's someone that like I looked up to, and he's, mm. I feel like he changed the game a lot. And then I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go Muhammad Ali just because that's he, a good one. Just because oh, what he stood for, like he was that's someone a good that was one. a man of his word. Back to you, Damon. Yeah, man, just keep taking my picks, man. I, I just say it. Uh, um, I don't even know where to go from here. Right? Yeah, I was gonna pick another box. I want to say Muhammad Ali, but you know, I say Tyson. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Mike Tyson. I'm picking Mike. He's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. All right. So I got Serena, LeBron, and Usain Bolt. Um, get two here. This is tough. I'm going to go Tiger Woods. I'm going to go Tiger. <laughs> and I'm going to go Derek Jeter. Oh, Derek Jeter is a good one. That's a good I one. I think, uh, like, playing baseball growing up, you want to be Derek Jeter. Yeah. And he's got the rings, the stats, whatever else you need to prove it. Derek's a good one. That's, that's a good, good list, man. I got a good list right here. Man, nah, that's a good one. Derek I got a good Jesus. list. Derek Did he uh, I'll tell you who what we're gonna do earlier today, or he just this is no, just, no, I'm, I didn't I'm, tell him. I'm, all right, I'm, 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 I'm bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, man. Got to pick who's the. Uh, I think it's your last pick. Yeah, I lost, bro. Uh, uh, you got a better list than you did la- the last couple of weeks. Whatever. Nobody asked you none of that. <laughs> uh, I'll go. I'll go with Troy Palomalu. I guess. Yeah, I like that's, him. That's a bad pick, but whatever. Man, your <laughs> list is your list is all over the place, bro. <laughs> hey, right. It's just people that pop in my head. I'm like, oh, he's athletic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm gonna go. I got. Well, I'm gonna go. Let me think. This is one's tough because there's so many, and I got the last pick. I'm gonna go. Uh, dang. I don't want to stick with the same sports. I don't want to stick with basketball and and uh, boxing. I'm going to go Wayne Gretzky. Wow, that's Sleep, good one. one. That is <laughs> a sleeper. Ah, oh, man, I just can't. I, just can't. I, only, I only watched hockey for two reasons. That's for him and Ovench, Ovenchkin, or uh, Alex Ovenchkin. I, it's the only yeah. time I watch hockey. Besides that, I don't watch it. You know what's crazy is not one of us picked Michael Jordan, did we? No. I, I was going to go Kobe, that's but like, that's too obvious. Yeah, right. Yeah. Kobe and Mike are like too obvious. LeBron's a good one because, like, like you said, with the expectation thing, that's that's tough. Like, I swear, yeah. like that's a, a bunch of kids like leave and don't make it when they have good ex- like so many. And he started out. He started out like in most people's like prime as an yeah. athlete, and he's been in his prime his whole career. Yeah. So it's so just like, crazy. LeBron's like an obvious one, but a good one. But Serena and Derek was a two good ones too. Serena's yeah. gonna be my. Next I win time. that. I think I win that one, man. I don't know. I think I win that one. We gotta let the fans decide. Yeah. 
that's it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on, man. All Absolutely. Right, man. Anytime, man. I appreciate it. Yep. See you. All right. Take care.